following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another episode Offense, defense, and discourse going strong. Man, we've talked about how this time of year, how special this time of year is. Oh, this is and one now, of my favorite oh, times yeah, of now, year. It's, it's full go now. Mm-hmm. We've gotten through March Madness, new national championship, new national champion. Virginia. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Um, Some probably somebody in Vegas. I, I, well, <laughs> here. I know two guys with a podcast who didn't see that coming. And that would be your boys, uh, and, and Brown. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. No, I didn't see it coming. But props at all. to them, man. Ultimate—that's uh, the ultimate redemption. They played good. They played good basketball. Mm-hmm. They made big plays down the stretch of every game. They yes. were losing with yes. in the final seconds and found ways to pull it out. Mm-hmm. There were some interesting officiating incidents that happened in there, but uh, yeah. All in all, it was actually a I thought an exciting tournament. I I what I, I guess what I thought about when 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 the clock struck zero, the game was over. I thought about those seniors on that team, mm-hmm. the seniors who would have had to have left school with the stain of being the only number one seed to it's ever lose to, to a, a sixteen seed, mm-hmm. but instead they leave school as national champions. Well, they're still the only number one. We can, but, still, but, but but you tell me which that one. will go down. In yeah, but you tell me which one you you'd rather walk. You know, I mean, I'd rather walk away with the championship mm-hmm. and the championship alone. Yeah, because that one losing to a sixteen thing is never going to go away. Yeah, but if you're I was still a, a national, but, but, indeed, I'm mm-hmm. still a national champion. Mm-hmm. Don't get, you can't knock that. Yeah. Congrats to those kids; they are champions. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's a two losing to a fifty. No, let, let's no. not. Let, no, it's, it's a one. No, that lost to a sixteen. Yeah. And as much as we talked about sixteen seeds and things like that, mm. teams that shouldn't be in the tour, a one seed should never lose to a sixteen seed. No, you're absolutely right. So that that is special in its own right. But so the mm. fact that they actually coupled it with a back to back one losing to a sixteen and then going to a championship, I think it itself makes it an even more unlikely and mm-hmm. more made for a 30 for 30 type story. Yeah. What if I told you that after the most embarrassing loss in co- in college sports, in all of sports, you have a chance at you, redemption. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> this stuff writes itself, man. Mm-hmm. Stuff writes itself. But now that that's out of the way. You know what we got next. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here- well, well, we got two things next. What's up? What do we got? One, I think we may be due for a final episode of the season of Brothers Talking Pucks because you got the hockey playoffs. Yeah, we got, that, that needs to come back. That, we, that's got to make we, at least one more appearance okay. before the season's over with right. the hockey playoffs right. going. And here's, a, I got, I got, I, I, here's one thing that bothers me. We've moved on from March Madness, so I've now moved on from being bothered by the first four. Okay. I've moved on from that because, and, and trust me. You'll next, be bothered by yeah, it again yeah, next year. Yeah, next March, you were bothered by it last yes. year. We next talked March, about we, it last year. Yes, next March we will be arguing about this. Again. Oh, absolutely! But I hate when people compare the NBA to the NHL to the playoff process. They're different sports. Different sports, 
and you can enjoy both. Like I don't like oh, when, you, when, I can when absolutely people, enjoy both. When people you when people when NBA people throw shade at the NHL and vice versa now over see, the playoffs. Well, anybody who knows me knows I'm a basketball junkie. I yeah. love basketball, NCAA, mm-hmm. NBA, all of it. Mm-hmm. I still think the NHL quietly play, has the best playoffs in sports, mm-hmm. and I will debate that with anybody. Uh, here's I I will not debate what's the best. I, mean, I that's, just, that's a matter of opinion. Yeah, so. I, well, I'll I put it like this: I like it all, as do I. So, yeah, so well, that we yeah, agree. Yeah, I, I I like it all. I don't feel like you have to choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. And and you don't. I, and I don't like when people put one against the other. Watch them both. They're exactly. both great. That's They're why different. God gave you two eyes. You know, you can watch them both. You can enjoy them both. NHL has great playoffs. NBA has great playoffs. There's every now and then there's going to be crappy uh, matchups mm-hmm. in both sports. Every time is you know every year there might be a, a few crappy games. You know, it's like and people will take like the worst game of one sport and I. And put it against the best game of the other. Yeah, like and and that because they're looking to further yeah. their own ar- agenda, yeah. their own argument, rather yes. than having an objective look at this sports entertaining in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That sports entertaining in the playoffs too. They're both awesome. And between them both, I have sport every night. Exactly. Let's just have fun with it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So look. Enough about that. This we. We've, we've handed we're, out all the appetizers. We're These were the app, this is the main course right now. We're here on this for show. one thing and one thing alone today. What are we here for? NBA playoffs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are just over 24, less than 48 hours away from the start of the NBA playoffs. Yes. So we got to get into it today. Okay. We're going we're to talk all about basketball the, today. All basketball. All ball. All right. Maybe a little here and there. I'm, I might throw in a Tiger Woods reference here and there because right. round one of the Masters is in the books. Yes. But it's going to be all ball today. Okay. You will not – you'll get plenty of argument from me, but not on that. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. All right. So let's keep – We got a couple guests today too. Uh, yes. Yes. All right. On today's show, we have Anthony Gilbert from Slam Magazine and Hoops.com. Great guy, friend of the show. I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, yes. Also, I have a good friend of mine, my man Adil Royster from Liberty Ballers. Oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk. But we Look, it's the playoffs. Playoffs? Exactly. When the playoffs come, not only do you have to, you know, you have to trim your roster and only the best people play. You got to step your game up. Exactly. We stepped our guest game up. Let's week. do it. Let's do it, all right? All right. So, up first, we're going to start the show. Let the people get to talk. Listen, they're not going to talk. We're not going to let the people talk. Yeah. Well, look, they can talk to us on... Twitter. Hit us, on, yeah, hit us on online. Twitter. Man. What, what was that? Media, oh, uh, was it O underscore D underscore discourse? Absolutely. Yes, hit us up. Or, but for now, what we're going to do, we're going to let the people listen. Let Anthony Anthony Gilbert's going to join us for our first segment. Mm-hmm. We're going to get him on the line and we're ready to go. All right, let's, you ready? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All right, so we got Anthony Gilbert on the line. Anthony, we're just going to get right into it. Western Conference at the top, you got the number one seed, the Golden State Warriors, against the number eight Clippers. You got Denver in the two spot, Port- Portland in the three spot, Houston, who many thought was going to be the, and many still think will be the toughest competition for Golden State in the four spot, Utah at five, OKC at six, San Antonio at seven, and I already mentioned the Clippers at the eight spot. Mm hmm. Out of that seating, first question I'm going to ask you, 
what do you think, what do you see as the biggest surprise in the Western Conference seating? Or do you think it played out pretty much as, as expected? Well, I, I, I think two things. And um, actually, let me say three things. I feel like the Western Conference is a tougher conference and has been probably for the last 20 years. <laughs> um, and then I would say it was a surprise to see Houston in the fourth spot. And it's a surprise to see the Clippers even, you know, not even not at the eighth spot, but just invited to the party. Now, I like, I agree with that yeah, one completely. Yeah, like once, I thought the Clippers once, were sellers. Yeah, like once they gutted that team, it was like, okay. And it was like, but they seemed to pick up momentum. Um, Sacramento never got it together like they seemed that they would. And it just came together, man. You know, the, the Lakers, you know, that never materialized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was just like, wow, okay. So and the Clippers, the Clippers are gonna are gonna play, you know, tough. I don't have them winning even with an injured Steph Curry, but it's it's really cool to see like Jerry West and his magic, man. Like he is the logo, and like mm. it's not by accident. <laughs> But let's talk. I mean, let's talk a little bit more about the Clippers. Do you mm-hmm. think is this Clippers team is this team yeah. more of an example of a team overachieving? Maybe Absolutely. having benefited right. from the Clipper uh, Sacramento kind of falling short, the Lakers being a dumpster fire. How yeah. much of this is yeah, the Clippers nah. being a good team or good is coaching? It, yeah, good. Doc Rivers, maybe. I, I, yeah, I think it's a. I think we're gonna go with all the above, mm. you know, because they they did addition by subtraction. They got rid of some big contracts, and it was like, hey, we're gonna roll the dice. And they they have some guys on that team like a Patrick Beverly who is like, hey, why not us? You know, like he was talking all kinds of trash about the Lake Show, so. It, it, it's cool, man. You know, you got Williams off the bench. He's a, you know, a, a spark plug. You got Gallinari. Like, they have a nice mix of hunger, like, and, and, and talent. And when you put those things together, they were able to stay consistent. And, and Michael, like you said, Doc Rivers, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit. And he did moves like, hey, let me call a timeout so that Dirk Nowitzki could get his just due. Even though it was a little up in the air at the time if Dirk was actually going to retire, and it's still kind of up in the air, even though, like, it He's seems gotta as retire though... He's got to retire now. Yeah, everything though during their last game, which Jamal Crawford went off for 50, mm-hmm. mind you, um, it, it, it seemed like, okay, like the Mavs employees were crying and it was like, okay. But still, he hasn't said anything. But like, I just think that he's, he's Doc Rivers retired. and Jerry West yeah. and then the Clippers organization from the top down really did a good job of addition by subtraction and just letting uh, letting the dice fly, man. Okay, so with that, all that being said, do the Warriors eliminate them in four, five, or six games? I'm going to go five games. 
I'm gonna go five games. You think the Clippers? Be, you, you think the Clippers can beat the Warriors at least once? Well, because they're saying Curry's gonna be ready by game mm-hmm. one. I just don't know if that's the the right move. So if he is ready, game two he might not play. You know, depending on how he feels and how he plays game one. So there is an opportunity, you know, for the road team to uh, to steal one. You know, it, and it's all predicated off of Golden State's, how can I say, number one player? Like, I don't want to say that in, like, air quotes, because, mm-hmm. like, I think if you look at it on paper, you might say that K- KD, yeah, exactly. They got like five number one players, but like you might say that KD is like the guy. He's the best player. Really, Steph is the motor that drives him. Right, right. So yeah, so um, there, there's a chance. I mean, of course, you want to get him done in five. I mean, in four. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, so that everybody can kind of chill out and, and mm-hmm. rest up because. Um, like I said, the West is tough, man, and it doesn't get easy. The matchup that I'm looking forward to, and Michael, I'm not gonna steal your thunder, and we're going, we're gonna go in order. <laughs> but like that, that Portland versus OKC series is nasty. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, uh, so we're getting That's, to that one soon. We're gonna have fun when we talk yeah. about that. One. All right, real quick yeah. before we before we move on. All right, Anthony says Golden State in five. Mike, what do you say? I got Golden State, and I'll go five. Okay, I will go against the grain because I don't think the, <laughs> I don't think the Clippers are going to win a game. I think it's going to be four games, and none of them will be close. I got Golden State in four. Okay, e- easy sweep, e- easy sweep. And we'll get into Houston, uh, Houston, uh, Utah in a second. But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. when by the time that second round series starts. Golden State's gonna have a lot of time to rest. And that's all of a say about I hope it. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I could agree with that. Because the second, like their opponent could possibly go like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Now the second matchup that starts in the Western Conference on day one of the playoffs on Saturday is the number two seed Denver versus the number seven seed San Antonio. Do the Spurs really have enough to compete? And other question on the opposite side of that, is this Denver team who people thought were going to come back to the, mm-hmm. to the mean all year long and never did finally going to stop overachieving? Well, Denver got Barton back and – you know, they got Isaiah Thomas back. And, you know, they they are they're kind of they remind me of a of a team that you might run into in like the tournament that has some juniors and some seniors, kind of like a Michigan State or a Virginia. Like that's who the Nuggets are. And the Spurs lost some key pieces uh due to injury, but they were able to sustain, and, and, and I feel like the Spurs overachieved as well. I look at Denver as coming out on top in that series, and mm. I think that Denver can really, um, you know, make it as quick as possible. I'm, I'm going to say five for that one as well. Really? You see, Denver, you think Denver hand, handles San Antonio that quickly? 
Yeah, I think Denver's tougher than a lot of people give them credit for. You know, they they have a really good team, and they're unselfish, and and they play together. You know, now they did lose some some steam. Mm-hmm. They were a lot better than they kind of finished the season, but they never fell apart. You know, they were able to really just because you know the, the Western Conference will beat you up. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely you know? a grind for going 82 games in the West. <laughs> so it's like they were able to sustain and, um, you know, that they're, they're a sleeper team, man. You know, I'm not saying they're the, you know, that they're the Virginia Cavaliers, but <laughs> they're going to be consistent and they're going to continue to move forward in their bracket. And then and you're going to, I think, they'll catch some people by surprise. Like, wow, Denver's still playing? And I know John's about to ask. I actually see Denver winning this series, but I see it going six games. I think some of the experience that exists in San Antonio will allow Mm -hmm. them to at least – and they're never going to be a team that just rolls over for anybody. So I see them coming out and competing. And they're going to make it a tough series, and I could see them pulling out two games and it going six. No, I was, I'm actually on the same page with you. I see – not only do I see San Antonio giving them a run, I could see a scenario where at some point in time San Antonio takes a 2-1 lead and you're worried about wow. Denver. Yeah, okay, yeah. I could, I see, mean, them win, I could see them winning and uh, pulling, pulling out a game in, in Denver, mm-hmm. maybe coming back winning a game at home before Denver takes control of the series. I could see I could see us in a week saying, hey, wait a minute. San Antonio could pull this out. San Antonio right, could like, do hey, hey. like hey, you know, we might be <laughs> we might be seeing a two seven update here. Uh, uh, upset here. But I think I think Denver's Denver's youth and Denver's talent will lead them to pull pull out this series. But I to me that's still Greg Popovich on the other side. I mean, I am picking one upset in the yeah. West, but this isn't this the isn't one. This isn't one? No. no I, I, I don't think this will be the one. This, I don't think this will be the one either. I, without without having discussed this with you, I think I know where you're going. Well, there's we'll only see. one matchup left in the West, mm-hmm. so. Well, well, we have, well we, Mike, it, w- it wouldn't be Michael if he wasn't the, you know, antagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought I'd, I just thought I'd put that out. That is what you do. <laughs> I mean, I just I try to call it like I see it. But since I'm go- we're already on it. Mm-hmm. In the 3-6 matchup, you got Portland and home court advantage as the three seed against the six seed OKC. Since I already alluded to it, I have OKC winning this series. Okay. Which some people may find surprising for me given my past history with my opinions on Russell, Russell Westbrook's game. You hated Westbrook's game. I was going to mention that. But <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I like the way you articulated that, but let's just call it like you, you I, hated his I game. I mean, I'm honest about it. I, you, you've hated his game, I, but you've you've evolved, your thought has evolved this season. I have mm-hmm. watched firsthand in talking to you every week the evolution of your opinion of Russell Westbrook's game. <laughs> as the more, and honestly, the more as I see witness evolution in Russell Westbrook's game, my opinion on this game will evolve. Mm-hmm. Number, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I'll tell you this much: it's Westbrook had a terrible shooting percentage this year. He did not shoot the ball well, and 
I wanted to ask him, like, specifically, like, hey, I know you got newborn twin girls at home. Mm-hmm. Is it is it a grind? Is it is it something that may be spilling into your professional career? Because that's not far fetched. Mm-hmm. But him and when they were in Philly is when I was able to interview him. He and Joel Embiid had gotten into a little bit of a tiff. Probably not the best and, time to ask. Right. So I kind of just danced around it and he he i was one of the few reporters that he did speak to everybody else he kind of was like hey kick rocks um (laughs) but michael i'm gonna have to disagree with you i i like oklahoma i love that russ was was able to see the maturation of paul george Mm -hmm. into a possible mvp candidate and kind of take a step back like okay paul you go off because I'm still going to be able to do what I need to do and in, in by ch- pick, picking and choosing my spots. But Paul George really did his thing. However, um, the fan in me is really pulling for Portland. <laughs> and it's going to be tough because they lost a huge piece um, with Nurkic. And hopefully Cantor can step up and fill in, you know, some really big time minutes. Um, but we'll see, man. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I agree that, say that you're, I'm not going to say you're crazy for picking that because, like, that could definitely happen. And, um, like, you know, all my favorite players were zero. So I got I'm, – I'm, like, happy on both ends of that spectrum. How many games do you – Westbrook and Lillard. Ooh. Now, how many games do you see uh, – well, I, think, um, How long did, I think I think OKC again? can do it in six. As really? Anthony oh. just mentioned, the loss of Nurkic for Portland, I think that's going to be a huge absence for them. And Portland that's isn't good. necessarily the biggest team to begin with, so losing size, Cantor, you he has to step up yeah. for them to have a chance. He's got to be huge. Series. He's got to yeah. be a factor. Because yeah. Stephen Adams, in my yeah. opinion, is one of the most underrated bigs in the league. He often oh. flies. Under well, the I radar, going one, forgotten. One, he's probably one of the strongest centers in the league, just out of pure power. Mm-hmm. You're and not moving him. Offensive mm-hmm. rebounding, yes, is so huge and like underrated. He is you a force I mean? on the blocks. Absolutely, yeah. that, that is. Yeah. He, he is a monster among men. So you have OKC in six. Uh, Anthony, what do you what do you have? I think they're going to go like the distance. I think this might be like Rocky Six, man, like. <laughs> well, wait, they're already on Rocky 6 because they did Creed 2. Wait, so they're Rocky 7. So this is Rocky 8. They're going to go the distance. It's going to be seven games, man. Seven I think games. Get it on. So you got Portland in seven? Yeah. Portland in seven. And once again, I'm forced to agree with Mike Jones. I don't like this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like this. Hopefully there's going to be a little more discourse in a show called Offense, Defense, and Discourse, but I do agree with you here. I also have OKC and six. See, Anthony, John is okay. learning to agree with me. No, I'm not. There I do go. not, a little I more time do not like too. this at all. This is terrible. This is – I'm not used to this. Don't like it. But when you're when you're right, you're right, and I, I think yeah. you're right on right here. Specifically, right. that's as far as I'll go with it. So, po- looking past the first round in the West, that would leave mm-hmm. us with Golden State. We all agree on 
We, we, nope, and we've got Houston and Utah left. We haven't talked about yeah. them left. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I. That's, that's I'm on that's Houston. Really that's going to be a tough nice one. But I'm I'm yeah, on Houston. Nice Assu- assuming they all stay healthy, it should be a fun mm-hmm. matchup. I don't know that you can really have an upset in a four versus five series, but I do think it would be dis- a disappointment for Houston if they lost in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear you about their health because we know that, you know, over the years, Chris Paul has gotten, you know, some serious, serious injuries at terrible times. And, um, yeah, man, I I hope they can be healthy because I think that it's going to be widely entertaining. I think both teams are going to play well and, like I say, evenly matched, but matched to the point where, I don't think there's going to be a sweep, and I don't think that there's going to be, like, blowout. I think there'll be really great entertaining games, which you you need that. The NBA is going to need that. You don't want to see blowouts and, you know, people checking out and saying, oh, man, can we just hurry up and get to the, to the finals already? You know, um, I'm going to go with Utah. Really? I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to go with the upset because – um, Houston can be beat, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and James Harden has a very unique style. You know, he dribbles the air out the ball and then he takes like four steps back and he shoots threes and threes are better than twos. And, but I just don't see them being able to run that, that type of freelance D'Antoni style against Utah, you know, and, and I could be wrong. But, but Utah is a very well-coached, very structured team. They seem to have yeah. a system and rules in place for how they're going to play on both ends of the court, which, yeah. like you say, could give more of a freewheeling style team like Houston some problems. Yeah, true indeed. You know, and like you said, there's really no real upset because – Houston played themselves by getting down to the fourth seed in the first place. So if they lose, it's, it's their own fault. You know, then you got to start asking questions like, hey, does D'Antoni's system work? <laughs> you ask me, no, it doesn't. Just look at history. But, you know. <laughs> and I agree with you on that one. <laughs> There's no debate to be had there. Okay, so what do you – so Anthony has Utah how many games? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven with that one as well. Okay. Yeah, I think they're gonna be able to go back and forth. Nice little seesaw going down to game seven. Now I agree with how Anthony broke down the series for the most part, Mm -hmm. but I think it'll be Houston in six or seven. Well, you got can't be six or seven. Houston in what? Because I think it's gonna be tough. I think Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a very close games, tough fought series. Seven is a good answer, mm-hmm. John. Who are you going with? Are you, no. are you still, riding no, I'm with, still uh, riding with Michael Jones? All right, I'll well, I'll put six on it. You put six, okay? <laughs> because we're dealing with specifics. You can't say six True. or seven. That's like saying, you know well, what? I, I think Houston or Utah will win this series. I just want to hear you agree with Michael. That's all. So let's, well, how about this? I, I will. Say, well, look. <laughs> I agree to a point. I agree with both of you uh, to a point. Now, how's that for specifics, okay. Mike? All right. Here, well, here's the point. 
Mm-hmm. I'm I do. I do think. I hear what you say about Utah because they are a very well coached team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, I do not think Utah is good is good enough to beat Houston. I think it will be a competitive series, but I think Houston wins. I think Houston wins going away. I I have the Rockets in five. I don't think okay. Utah. I mean. I, I will say this about Utah. Utah could use, like, one more player because they do have the inside out. But they, like an OKC, they could use, like, that that Paul George type of player to really give them balance. But I'm still still picking them. Okay. No, I hear you. So we got – so let's recap the West real quick. Mm Mm-hmm. Golden – we have – I think we're all on Golden State. All on Golden State. Yeah. Jonesy and, uh, and Anthony say both say five. I say four. Uh, Denver. Uh, let's see. We all have Denver. We all have Denver. Uh, Anthony says Denver and five. Me and Mike say six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all. Uh, let's see. Anthony says Portland beats OKC in seven. Mike and I agree that it's going to be OKC in six. And then we also have Houston and Utah. Let's see. Anthony says Utah in seven. Mike says Houston in six. I say Houston in five. Houston in five. Houston in wow. five. So you have no faith okay. in Utah to do it. No, no I don't. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm, severely undermanned. No, I, I I just don't think they're as good as Houston. Okay. I, I I'm not. I'm, you know, they're the they're the fifth seed in the West, so it's not like. You know they, they ain't garbage. They're not a bad. Yeah, team. they're not a bad team. I just don't think they're as good I as Houston. I don't know if Houston is, is, is as good as Houston. <laughs> now that could be true. We could be right back here in a week, and I'm over here apologizing to both of you guys. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it's yes. that's not out the realm of possibility. But I just don't <laughs> think you. I don't think the Jazz are as good as the uh, Rockets. I just don't. I'm, okay. I'm. That's fair. You know, I'm. I'm not necessarily a believer. So let's move over to the let's move over to the east. Let's come let's, let's come east. Let's do it. Let's go. All, All right, right. East, 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 east. High, high. Here we go. Now the east, the Eastern Conference actually kicks off the NBA playoffs on yes. Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that game first. Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to talk with the second game in the east on Saturday, which is actually the two seed. Talk about the twelve thirty game. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not going to talk about the three seed first. Okay. Uh, that 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 I won't do. Even though, even though we want to, we want to. We want to. Yeah. Well, even though they're not going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, but go ahead. See, see, see. see. he's trying to slide. We'll, he, we'll come back. We'll come back to that. <laughs> okay. We'll but right. Toronto and Orlando, Saturday, they're the second Eastern Conference game Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be brief with this I, one. I don't think Orlando's yeah, good I, enough. No. Yeah, no. I, 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 I mean, I like, I like the the fact that it, you know Orlando's in there, and you know we got technically some new blood, but yeah, they don't belong in the conversation, man. Yeah, I, they, I, they don't. I, I don't care if Markel Fultz isn't playing, like playing or not. They, like, who's Markel Fultz? Never heard of him. I think he used to play college ball uh, somewhere. Did he? I think so. He played high school ball at the Massa. I do know that much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How do you spell? Really good. He was a really good high school player. Okay. Yeah, late bloomer high school guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. But name doesn't ring a bell. But I will say this. I will say who, speaking of former Sixers, 
Uh, Michael Carter Williams has been playing really well for Orlando. Can he shoot yet? No. So he has a new role. He is the hustle guy. <laughs> okay. Um, Whatever it takes he, to keep a job, man. So he's accepted his yeah. limitations and found a niche. I mean, I can't be mad at a yep. guy for that. Yeah. That's so an honest basketball player. At it. Yeah, he's looking at it like, hey, I'm going to crash the board. I'm going to be a ball hawk. I'm going to dive on the floor. I'm going to do whatever it takes. To your point, John. To you keep know, a, he job. Has a job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and it's been helping that young team. I mean, let's be honest. Michael Carter Williams does have an NBA skill set when yes. it comes to doing a lot of things. He's yes. got good height, good length. He's a good ball handler, mm-hmm. passer, and he's showing himself to be a much improved defender. He just mm-hmm. yeah. this is what year six for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you don't. It's just that in in my mind, I will never forget the fact that when he was with the Sixers, <laughs> he w- had literally the worst field goal percentage in the league outside of five feet. Mm-hmm. That is hard for me to forget. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I understand, yeah, that, but that was that, a long time ago. That's tough. I don't yeah, even think Michael tough. Carter Williams remembers his Sixers tenure. <laughs> if you were to ask him about his time in Philly, he'd, be, he'd probably be like, I played in Philly? Yeah. In right. fact, Fultz will probably have the same conversation with him. <laughs> But, all right. So I think so, we're all on Toronto. On okay, this so one, right? are, are we all saying sweep? I'm saying sweep. All right, sweep. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. You we, know what? We, let's let's get the brooms. All right. Well, here because I like to disagree with Mike. I'm gonna say Toronto went five. <laughs> there had all to right. have a dissenting. I, I did. I because I, I, I feel like I just agree with you way too much. There's been way too much. You know being on the same page with you and I find it disgusting. So this is what I'm so I'm gonna say Orlando not excuse me, no I'm not gonna say Orlando. I'm gonna say <laughs> Toronto at five, right? You know. All right. I'm not crazy. Now the Sunday games in the East, those kick off with Boston versus Indiana. This is the four or five matchup. Boston moved up to the four seed. Indiana fell from the three to end up being the five seed yeah. after the All Star break, some in, some injuries that set them back. And finally, although up, they did actually play good basketball longer than was they expected, did. we thought they did. when Victor Oladipo went down that they Indiana was going to fall out of the playoffs. We thought Indiana would yeah. be a lottery team, and here they are. We're talking about them falling from the th- uh, the three, three spot, spot to, the five. to the five spot. Behind two pretty good teams, pretty mm-hmm. talented teams in Boston and Philly yes. in three and four, respectively. Mm-hmm. Now, the now question Boston is, will also go into this series without Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. who is right. a very that's valuable huge. player in there yeah. on that team. Yeah, one huge. of their better defensive perimeter players, mm-hmm. and much improved shooter. He and also he, brings that nastiness to the team. He exactly. also brings, you know, he he's that he's got true toughness mm-hmm. to him. Yeah, he's 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 that dog, and know? he um. I think he brings like a good locker room presence in the sense of like Boston seems to be in a bit of mutiny almost. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of the guy like, Hey guys, now nah, let's, let's refocus and let's, let's do this. So to not have him on the court, bringing his defense and his toughness and his voice, it, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I feel like Boston will win because they're a different team in the half-court set. In the playoffs, it's kind of like an inside-out, mm-hmm. like four-around one with Horford. And I, I like how they how they play. Now, um, I have a question. 
as mm-hmm. because you mentioned that. That was exactly what we saw from them last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Do you think their entire roster will be happy playing that style in this year's playoffs? No, because <laughs> Gordon Hayward is back and so clearly doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> well let's start with Gordon first. Okay. Gordon doesn't really fit with with the young core. Like he's supposed to lead them and they're more like well, we 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 could lead you, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and like, granted, it's it's definitely taking some time for him to come back from that serious injury, but he hasn't really found his place on this team. So, I think they should go back to their bread and butter. But you did mention Kyrie Irving, who also is a little out of place at times. I'll just say it that way. Mm-hmm. And I, and he's out of place because he tends to have a bad attitude sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, especially after a loss. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I mean, well, I think- it, it's weird because all the experts are saying he's out of there. And In, including an expert that's looked- on this show. <laughs> Hey, right. Well, I mean, I was, about to say, it certainly seems that way, but you know, like he said in his own words, and I got to take him at his word. Holla at me on July first. Mm-hmm. So, which is a telltale sign because if I were in the league and I was on a team and I was happy, I'd be like, "Well, what's what's the question? Like, well, what is this about? Like, I'm, I'm here. here. I like, want to be here. I want to yeah. be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, it, but, there's you know, no issue and, in and saying the, you want to stay you where you remember, are. Remember when he got his dad out of the stands in Madison Square Garden and gave him his jersey, and it was like a real big thing? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to read too far into that, but like Kyrie typically gives his jersey and his sneakers to kids, but then like he kind of made it a deal to give his dad his jersey after the game. And, like, he kind of didn't have to do it in such a dramatic fashion because, like, that's his dad. I'm pretty sure he's going to see him, like, once everybody clears out of the garden. He can get his dad a jersey, a game-worn jersey, anytime he wants. (laughs) Yeah. And has 82 jerseys. He can give his pop one, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a fact. But, you know, hey, I get it. Family, you know, blood is thicker than water. And that man is free to do whatever he wants. And... I'm just here to see what happens. But they do get out of the first round. You do see Boston winning. Yes. How many games? I'm going to go six. Just because they're uh, they're a little topsy-turvy sometimes. All right. I'm looking at you, Mr. Jones. My head Mm -hmm. says Boston. I picked Boston. What I have written down in my list of picks in front of me says Boston. His mind's telling him no. <laughs> but I would not Uh-oh. be, I would not be shocked if Andy Indiana pushed this thing to seven games and pulled one out. Mm. I I would love that to happen. Oh yeah. Um, I think Indy is definitely going to make it at least six games for sure. There will um, never be a time in life where watching Boston lose a series will not be awesome. <laughs> I I just can't foresee it. I'm picking Boston in six as well, but mm-hmm. 
it just wouldn't right. shock me if go. Indiana pushed them to seven and pulled one out. I'm sure we're going to disagree at some point. It's not going to be on this series. I, I, I also agree. I got Boston in six. Okay, well then. There you go. We've got the Sunday evening game left in the East. Milwaukee and Detroit. This is another one I oh, think man. is a team that's severely undermanned versus one of the better teams in the league and definitely one Absolutely. of, if not the best play, one of, mm-hmm. if not the best player in the league right now in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. I don't see how Detroit can compete. No. I'll, yeah, I'll save I, the suspense. I, I I'm think, picking Milwaukee in four. <laughs> yep. I think that Detroit is well coached, and that's why they're there in the first place. Mm-hmm. They have some good pieces, but what I noticed about Milwaukee this season is their unselfishness, and they are better than the 2001 Sixers. Um, the 2001 Sixers, you know, they had Iverson, and then they had, you know, the Iverson heirs. You know, like yeah. it was like, hey, we're going to support him. We're going to get him all the shots. He's going to we'll take play defense and rebound. And yeah, let's get him shots. They do that, but they're better the, than than that cast. I agree with character. that's a good that's a good comparison. I had never actually thought about it that mm-hmm. way, but I think they have. Yeah more willing and more capable scorers around Giannis than the mm-hmm. Sixers had, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. having that extra, those extra offensive options makes Giannis's job a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of those arguments that you have to, to use Mike's word, you have to be objective. Mm-hmm. Like, cause when you hear it on the surface, somebody says, Hey man, this Milwaukee team is better than the 2001 Sixers. And you want to say, Hey man, you out of your mind. But, exactly, because but when you, they, 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 they swept all the postseason awards. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, you know, when, when you sit back and think about it, it's honestly, it's not a hard point to grasp. It's not – you look at that team top to bottom, and with the exception of maybe a Dikembe Mutombo, I don't see anybody else. You know, I I, I look at – you know, yeah. you, put, you know, you stack oh. that Milwaukee team against that – 2001 team. I think the only position, the only two positions you're going to, you know, you, you know, you're going to argue would be Dikembe and and AI. I and that's right. it because like they, everything else would go to Milwaukee. Might, I'd say Aaron McKee and Brogdon is fair. Okay, the, I'd give the Sixers that one. McKee and Brogdon is a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that's about it though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because like the Sixers are better at two guard. Hmm. And you could argue that they're better at center. Mm-hmm. But, John, you're right. Like, they're not better at points because Eric Bledsoe is better than Eric Snow. Correct. For sure. They're, they're not better at power forward because that's Middleton mm-hmm. or Giannis, you know, because Giannis actually plays on five positions. Pretty much. And what I liked about him – when they played in Philly a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, was he scored 45 points, but defensively he guarded Embiid while Simmons guarded him. And in guarding Embiid, he blocked Embiid shot three times. And I was sitting there like, wow. 
Like, um, this guy... And I asked him about it. I was like, okay, you scored 45. Like, okay, I get it. Enough respect. I was like, but defensively. And he was like, well, I... And it sounded super cliche, but I believed him. He was like, I really just wanted to do whatever I had to do for my team. And he and he like, seems oh, like that type okay. of player when you watch him play. There's <laughs> energy, effort, you'll blocking shots, rebounding, handling mm-hmm. the ball, assisting. He's shown an increased willingness to take the outside shot and it, and becoming more and more effective doing it, as well as you just can't stop him going to the rim. There's nothing you can yeah. do with because he's doing his work in the weight room as well. You can mm-hmm. see from when he first came in the league till now, he's put on 60 pounds of muscle mm-hmm. and it shows in his game. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a kid who. And he's been uh, hanging out with Kobe, which is, you know, good and bad. <laughs> you love everyone who hangs out with Kobe, including yourself. I mean, I, I, I do, <laughs> but like, Kobe's Kobe, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So when you try to be Kobe, sometimes it can come off wrong. Now, you know, we got a lot of young guys in the league that want to be Kobe. You know, the other day with OKC, you got Paul George and he makes the shot and he's like, Mama's mentality. That's what he posted on his Instagram. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, dude. <laughs> he might you as know, well be right? in a Kobe system commercial at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I noticed about Giannis, I went to their morning shoot around and he didn't want to talk to the media. I'm like, okay. So I just kind of wanted to know why. And one of the beat reporters was telling me, like, he likes to lock in on game day and, like, he doesn't really have time to focus on anything outside the game. So I immediately think to myself, like, okay, thanks, Kobe. I I appreciate it. I really wanted to talk to this guy before the game. And then I I just kind of went up to him, like, hey, well, since you're not talking now, do you talk pregame? And he was like, no. I said, all right, well, look, I, I got to talk to you after the game, right? And I got to talk to you about your about your signature shoe deal with Nike. And he kind of looked at me like, oh, okay, so you're writing a different story. And he's like, all right, I got you. And he did. He followed through. But I didn't want to have to, because it was a TV game, I didn't want to have to wait till 1130 at night to talk to him when mm-hmm. I was sitting right there 12 hours earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, understandable. And that's the Mamba mentality stuff that I was just kind of like, dude, come on, man. Kobe used to talk pregame. Like, don't. If you be like Kobe, you got to be like Kobe. Yeah, but see, they, they, you know, everybody, when you look up to a player and then you talk to that player and you work out with that player, you have this different approach because Kobe will tell you, like, hey, the game's all mental. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, okay. He gave me the key. Like, all right, now I gotta lock in. But Kobe, I also think, was a guy with the the game in his mind being all mental. Wasn't a guy who would let anything take him out of his mental zone or mm-hmm. distract him from where he wanted to be, regardless of what was going on outside of him. That is a place I don't know that Giannis has gotten to yet. Mm. So as we as as we get. Ready to move forward. As we get ready to move forward, you got you have. I got it. Four games. Four more. games. I'm gonna say five. I'm. A, I'm gonna say five. I'm gonna say I'm, Detroit I'm finds four. away. All right, four, yeah. four, and five. 
now we look, man. I'm sorry. John's I'm sitting, been I'm itching look, to get. I've been here. looking at the main course now all dinner. <laughs> we were sitting. We didn't talk about seven playoff series. I made you wait for this one. We number three seed in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers, our home team, versus the Brooklyn Nets, the upstart Brooklyn Nets, a team who a lot of people would not have picked to make the playoffs this year. Mm. They may have picked the Hornets ahead of them or the Wizards or that dumpster fire in Washington, whatever is going on there. But I'm not going to talk about them today. That's an insult to dumpster fires. I'm not going to talk about them today. What we're talking about right now, Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. I actually think this could be an interesting series. Mm -hmm. Embiid's status is... Still up in the air, technically, although he's likely to play. He's going to play. I, I agree. I think so as well. He's going to play. I think, honestly, I think that's, that is being blown way out of proportion. I think there's no way game one of the – last year was last year. Mm-hmm. True. True La, indeed. You know, last year was last year. This year is something different. There's no way. But the Nets, the Nets did play the Sixers tough. very tough mm-hmm. this season. And – they're hot. Now, it remains to be seen. But I don't think this is one of the – I wanted Orlando for Philly. Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted the lesser of two evils because I think that the Nets are – they like the Sixers have a tough time defending a scoring guard like a Kimball Walker, <laughs> like a D'Angelo Russell, like, mm-hmm. like a Russell Westbrook. Like they have difficulty – yeah, that and, was something we talked about right after the trade deadline. Yeah, but now, so, me, yeah, well, we'll see. Well, let me put this on on, on your head because I, I feel like they played for they split the season series, but of those of that series, they really played this the Sixers at full full strength once, I believe, if that. How I mean, how much does that play a part? Because we're talk, we're talking about, you know, the Sixers kind of struggled down uh, down the stretch, lost a few games. Now that the playoffs are here, they're going to come in. I think they're going to come in. Yes, they're banged up, but I think they're still going to come in full strength. I don't I don't see him be uh, missing time. So my question is, I don't how, either. How much how much of that plays a difference? Now now you're sitting now you're playing now with this team. At full strength, the Nets have to deal with Jimmy. They have to deal with Tobias. They have to deal with Ben. They have to deal with Joel. And they have to deal with Reddy. Mm-hmm. Does that play a difference? Does that change the way you see this series? Embiid plays, I think the Sixers win it in five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No Embiid, I think the Sixers will win it in six, maybe seven. I just don't yeah. – I. I'll, the Nets have a dangerous backcourt. Yes. I'll give I'll give yes. them at they least do. a game. And but the thing, the, I guess the thing was, I agree. But then I I can't get out of my mind the way the Sixers played them uh, a few weeks ago when they really deed up Russell mm-hmm. and Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. And I went mm-hmm. and to me, that was probably the best game defensively they have had against those quick scoring guards that have given them trouble all season. Like that to me that that was the statement game out of all of them. Here you have a, a backcourt. I, I would that, agree with that. Yeah, you have a backcourt that, that puts up fifty points a game, and this is a team played their their best against them. And I, to me, 
I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility that that's what we see in this series. I don't think that's a well, far-fetched deal. The only, well, yeah, I agree. I think the Sixers' problem is their lack of consistency with their, you know, starting five. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could come back to haunt them as they go forward. My biggest problem with Philly is, and, Michael, you alluded to how they – didn't really finish the end of the season too strongly. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's on coaching. You know, when they went to Atlanta and stayed in it and they lost, and then they stayed in Atlanta that night and then flew to Orlando and then lost, that's on coaching. That's on leadership because there's no way you stayed overnight in Atlanta. Everyone knows of the nightlife in Atlanta. And everyone knows that players tend to catch the Atlanta flu, which <laughs> Ben Simmons did. And then they lost in Orlando. So it, I, I think that the championship coaches have champion. I mean, the championship teams have championship coaches and championship leaders, and it starts from the top. And I don't think that Brett Brown has what it takes to say, hey, this is what we're doing. It's late in the season. Let's get some wins. Let's secure home court. And, like, no, we're not staying in Miami. We're not staying in Atlanta. Like, we're not doing none of that. We're not staying in Toronto either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just don't think that he has – I don't think he has the iron fist that you need to guide a team. You know, people talk about the players, but a lot of it is leadership. A lot of it is infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem with Philadelphia. It's more so off the court than on the court. Well, that I I can't argue. I do actually like Brett, Brett Brown as a basketball coach. As a leader, that's definitely still a question mark. Mm-hmm. But I also combine that with issues I see in the personnel as well. Not necessarily in the first round, but as they progress past the first round, I think there will be some personnel limitations that get exposed as well. Well, yeah, the lack of shooting, not just Ben Simmons, but period. And then the continuity. You know, there are some things that, yeah, they had them on the Sports Illustrated cover. And, yeah, they look great, you know, on paper, but when you play against a team like Toronto or Milwaukee and you're trying to represent the Eastern Conference, like, I just don't see them being able to do that. I hear you. you. So as we, as we wrap up this, this part of the discussion, let's get to the predictions then. I say, I'll start it off. I'll, I'll say sixes and five. I'm going to go Sixers and Six. I agree with Anthony on that lose. one. I'm yeah, going Sixers and Six. The they'll lose one, I think, in my opinion, because Brooklyn will have a hot game, and I think they'll lose one because the Sixers just have one of those Sixer-like inconsistent games. <laughs> I could see – I'll put it to you like this. I could see that game being game two. Game two, Sixers That would be Monday the 15th. Mm-hmm. Mon- Monday night. I can mm-hmm. see the Sixers losing that game. That be the game they lose at home, 
and then they get and they have some get right in Brooklyn, take two games from Brooklyn, and then uh, close it out back home. Because well, it still exists too. TNT game, and I hope that Rise Gold on Woody is in Philly. That's I just figured I'd say that. <laughs> Can I tell you? That's that's something else. I'm glad you brought that up real quick. That's something else I hate about the playoffs. I wish it was. Just, I, I wish oh, not Roz. I don't hate Roz, but um, of course not. I I am not a I'm not a fan of this one series the, the going two back weeks and forth. Gotta wait in between the games. Well, that on, and I don't like I don't like network. going back and forth between networks. Like if the if yeah, the series you, is going, you want some consistency. Yeah, right? if the series is going to be on TNT, let it be on TNT. Let the whole series be on TNT. I don't like one game on ESPN, next game on TNT. Give me one, give me one network, one series. You know, I hear that. You know, s- split it up so you know. So it's not like TNT has all the Western Conference games and they get no East Coast games. You know, two and two. But I just, I, I, I do not like when you split a series between two networks. Mm-hmm. But once again, that's, uh, that's just that. me finding things to complain about because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't just I can't just be happy. Yeah, that one per se doesn't bother me as much. As long as like... I as long as I don't have to listen to a crew I don't like. Okay. There. Well, you got you got ESPN on that Saturday game and got TNT on that Monday game, so you could potentially have like Have they announced the broadcast? I don't know. QB Brown, QB Brown and Mark Jones and Israel Gutierrez. So cool. Mike, call it, call it out. Who do you, who, who do you not want? See, you, you don't want Chris Webber, do you? No, it's not Webber. You can see it on my you face that Chris there's Weber. no crew. He can see it on my face at, sitting across from me. He doesn't want Reggie Miller. You is, actually, it, is it Reggie? Actually, you're both raw. Who is it that you I don't want? want Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. Oh, what? I am oh. not. What? I am not a Van Gundy fan at all. I think he's wrong about. I, like. I think Van Gundy's wrong about 70% of his basketball opinion. Oh. I like Jeff Van Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's always spitting out some crazy, far-fetched, half-baked idea on how to change, how to change the yeah. game or fix something or do something different. I, I, I like him. I, right, like I, I like I like Van Gundy and Mark Jackson right where they are in the booth because yeah. every now and then, especially now, because we want you know fans in this city want to fire Brett Brown over everything. Phillies lost last night. Fire Brett Brown. <laughs> you know, Eagles don't sign who you want. That's fire true. Brett Brown. Everything you That's you know, true. everything comes back to fire Brett Brown. And then you, once you get into fire Brett Brown, then the question then says, "Well, who do you hire?" And there's always somebody. I don't hey, want either one of them. Exactly. Mark Jackson didn't want any part of the Sixers. Went out to Golden State. Didn't mm. work out. Golden State then went out and won three championships with the next man. Well, now they're saying that um, Lottie Divac is is trying to get Monty Williams from the Sixers staff as his next coach. I have the Sacramento heard, Kings. I've heard that. I too. have heard that as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. We're right up against it. We got to get to a break. And Anthony, I told you I wasn't going to keep you too long today. So but he kept him for like forty minutes. I'm, hey man, <laughs> it gets well, fun sometimes. It does get fun. Yeah. Can I just say one thing? Yes, I got Giannis as my MVP. No argument there. Yeah, yeah pretty much. All right. 
All right. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you guys. Well, Anthony Gilbert, thank you for joining us again. Everybody. He will, he will be back before the playoffs is over. Can, it might not be next week because that might be asking a little <laughs> bit too much, but we will have Anthony back on. And I can, would love to. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at AXGilbert. He needs his own podcast. That'd be nice. See, we gotta work that out. Let's, 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 you know, John has his own online need, radio we, station. Exactly. So. Well, we all we need we need to talk after you know, <laughs> at, you know, maybe tomorrow or something. Because I, I do have an idea. So oh, like, all right, John. So that was Anthony Gilbert. Now we got to take a break, and then we will be right back. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, we are back, John. Man, it's loaded show today. First hour. Well, that's, we what ha- you, that's what you do when you have, when it's playoff time, man. I mean, first hour for anybody just joined us. You have to go check out the podcast. We yes. had Anthony Gilbert, NBA.com, and Hoops Mag with us. Yes. Now we're going to keep it rolling in the second hour. Yes. Who we got, John? Look, had to call. Because you brought in Anthony, mm-hmm. that was your call. You made that call. I couldn't be outdone. I had to dig in your bag. I had so. to dig in my bag. I had to dig in my Rolodex of close personal friends. And I was sitting here, and I'm like, who could I get on the show today? And I was thinking, do I want to get Stephen A. Smith on the show? <laughs> no, nah, I don't want to get Stephen A. Smith on the show. Do I want to get? Uh, do I, I want to have Woj come on the show? I was like, nah, nah, I don't want to get Woj on the show. And I was thinking about it some more. I'm like, you know, maybe Rachel Nichols. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Well, how, what about Shaq or Chuck? Nah, I don't want them either. So this is what I did. I reached into my 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 bag of close personal friends, mm-hmm. and I brought out my main man, Adio Royster from Liberty Ballers. Oh, there you go. There you go. Exactly. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Adio, what's good, my friend? So if you're putting me in the same category as like Woods and Stephen A. Smith, yes. like number one, like thank you for that honor. Yes. And like number two. You're better than all those guys. I was just going to say, if you're calling me, like, how deep in the Rolodex did you have to go through? <laughs> not not very deep. You were right there at the top. Because I was, I was sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? Let me just call my man a deal, because my man knows his stuff, and it's good to have him on the show today. Happy to come on, as always. All right. Well, let's jump right into it, all right? We just, we just finished talking Eastern Conference playoffs with Anthony Gilbert. And we're gonna come over. I want to give you that same. I want. I want to give you that same opportunity. So let's start at the top. Milwaukee and Detroit. We we all agree that it's gonna be Milwaukee. But how much of a fight do you see the Pistons giving the Bucks? Uh, it's 2019, right? Yes. It's it's not like the 80s where it's Bill Lane Beer and Isaiah Thomas. It's not those Pistons. Uh, the bad boys are not walking through that door. The, the Bucks and four, then Milwaukee and four. Milwaukee. There's and also four. no Chauncey Billups or Rasheed Wallace. So. No Ben Wallace. No. Listen, all if the Bucks are probably going to sweep this series, 
And if they win each game by 10 points or more, as I suspect they will, Detroit might just give up in three games. They may just say, <laughs> all right, you know what? We're done. We don't need to play game four. It's okay. Just, just go on to the next round. It's fine. Don't worry about Look, it. I am the only one with a sliver of, if you want to call it faith in Detroit, not that they're going to win this series because that'd be crazy. I'm not on crack. <laughs> but I'm saying I do believe that Detroit will win a game. Somehow, uh, no, I have Milwaukee in five. I just think the, Detroit. Did you say is, Milwaukee in five? I thought you said oh, Milwaukee sorry. in four. I, I'm sorry, I did say Milwaukee in four. Okay, excuse yeah. me. I have Milwaukee in four because I think Detroit starting five mm. and then into their bench, just under talented. Yeah. They can be as well coached as they want to be. You still have to have the actual firepower to put on the court. No, I I, I, I agree. I'm not going to call them. I'm not going to sit out here and, 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 and they have a couple nice players. They're an AC for a reason. Exactly. You know? And listen, I like Dwayne Casey. I'm glad that he got the opportunity to go to Detroit after I think he, I feel he kind of got a raw deal in Toronto with how he was let go. But they wanted to go a different way. That's fine. I'm glad Dwayne Casey got another job, but it'd be nice if he got a job with, you know, a team with a backcourt. That'd be nice. Mm -hmm. He's got Reggie Jackson, who is, I think, overpaid and a bit overrated. And they have Lou Kennard, who I like, but they don't really have anything else in the backcourt to deal with Eric Bledsoe and Middleton. And, yeah, you got 12 fouls to throw at Giannis, but past that, that's it. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. I not, There's not much to be wrong about there at all. All right, the winner of that series will face the winner of Boston and Indiana. We all... Uh, earlier, we all agreed that it would be uh, Boston in six. We do agree on that, but this is Mike. And what I said was, though, I would not be surprised. While I am picking Boston, I would not be surprised if Indiana pushed this thing to seven games. And in a game seven, anything can happen. I just think with Marcus Smart's injury, the chemistry issues that have surfaced throughout the season with Boston it's not going to be a smooth path for them throughout these playoffs what um so so you both said Boston in six right yes Indiana in seven word there you see once again there will never be a time in life where I will not thoroughly enjoy Boston losing in the playoffs I don't care to who I would be. I would love it if it was from the Sixers, but that's not going to happen until, unless it's in the Eastern Conference Finals. But Boston losing to the, I, I, I'll take it. it, it Indiana was take supposed it. to be Indiana was supposed to be dead in the water after Oladipo went down, but somehow they kept winning games and they kept not just treading water, but they were swimming pretty good. So, as the degenerate gambler that I am, I'm looking at Indiana plus 500 to win the series, and I'm not going to put a I'm not going to put a house note on it or anything. I'm not going to put a car payment on it, but like a, a cell phone payment, I'll put a cell phone payment on Indiana plus go. 500. There you go. But we are not going to allow you to spend your winnings on paying your cell phone bill. What you're going to do once you win that money is you're going to take us all out and we're going, you know, we're going to have a nice dinner and you're going, you know, you're going to spend it on your boys. Right. 
That that was the plan, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I sent some hesitation there. <laughs> no, it's, I, I think it's just the, the connection is just off. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> See, so after you take us after you take us to dinner using the money you were going to spend on your uh on your cell phone bill, then you can then drum up the money and pay pay the bill. Well, hopefully I'll have more winnings from from another pick that I'm planning to make for the first round, but I'll save that till you get to the Western Conference. All right. All right. All right. So, moving on, we got Toronto and Orlando. Uh, let's see. Anthony and Anthony and Mike both said Toronto in fourth. They predicted a sweep. I once again believe Orlando will pull out one game. I have Toronto in five. I have Toronto in five too, and that's mainly because Orlando has way too many players where I'm like, what the heck are they supposed to be? Like, I don't know what kind of player Jonathan Isaac is. I'm still not really sure what kind of player Aaron Gordon is. Is he a shooter? Is he a, is he a power forward? Is he like a point forward? I, I don't know what the hell he is which is why I've been doubting Orlando for years. The only thing that I'm sure of is that Nick Vucevic is a solid inside guy. But when Toronto's throwing Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka and Pascal Siakam at him, it's kind of a neutralizing factor. And same thing with Detroit. Orlando has no backcourt. Evan Fournier is nice, but I I think he's, he's plateaued, and I think he's headed downhill, I think. But what about Michael Carter Williams? Uh, what about him? Is, is uh, he's, he's playing in Orlando? He, he's playing in he Orlando. Has, he's he, not like he has he's, a job. He's, he's not like dressing up as Goofy in the Magic Kingdom or anything, right? Uh, not at the moment, but you know, everyone needs a side hustle. Hey, I guess that's right. But yeah, <laughs> Toronto and five. I'm not like I'm not even to think about that too hard. <laughs> Understood. And that brings us to our hometown series, the series that we personally care about. Because if we're even though we have a national show, we are going to talk. You know, we show love for the local team. Oh, I have no, I have no problem showing my local biases. Oh, of course, of course, no. That's why it's our show. <laughs> All right, we got Philly and we got Philly and Brooklyn. Now, Brooklyn had Dinwiddie and and Russell. There, that's a that's a that's a solid backcourt. That's a solid. That's more than a solid backcourt. They're both good sized guards with a very varied skill set. They and they score in bunches. They can both play on and off the ball, mm-hmm. score in bunches, handle, shoot, pass, create plays for others. It can create difficulty for other te- other teams defensively because they are both so varied in what they can do on the court. Now, as we stated earlier, they split the uh, season series. I believe it was two games, two games apiece, right? Yep, it's a mm-hmm. split. Split the game, uh, but what they didn't do is play this current. They only played the current Sixers team once. Mm-hmm. I asked Anthony. I asked Anthony this question earlier. Adio, I'm going to answer. I'm going to ask you this question. All right. How much do you? How much of a difference do you think it makes now that they're going to play a seven game series against Joel Embiid, who I completely believe is going to play? I don't believe he's, there's any chance that he's not playing game one. But they're playing JoJo. They're playing Tobias. They got Redick. They got Jimmy, and they got Ben. 
How? I think it matters from just a pure talent standpoint. The the Sixers are very top heavy. They probably have the best starting five in the Eastern Conference right now. And this is even though Tobias has had a really rough last 15 games. So I got some I got some notes on a on a legal pad here. Uh, his last 15 games, Tobias is only shooting 24.6% on his threes, and he shoots about four per game. Now, he shot 43% with the Clippers, and he's only shooting about 33 with the Sixers. It's not great. It's not, it's not horrific, but it's, it's not great. It's not where you want it to be. So that has me a little bit concerned. JJ seems to have come off of his shooting woes from uh, a couple of weeks ago, like two, three weeks ago, where he just couldn't hit anything. And again, like playing against a Sixers team that's just so top heavy, the Sixers could be up double digits by halftime, which is great. But then again, I'm weary of them holding a lead against uh, that backcourt of D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie by himself... Four games against the Sixers, he's averaging 24 points a game. And I had to double-check my math on this, but he's hit 11 out of his 18 three-point attempts against the Sixers. That's over 60%. That's that's an insane amount. The counterpart, D'Angelo Russell, the Sixers have gotten three different versions of Russell in in four games. He had one 38-point game, he had one 21-point game, and then he had two games of 15 points or less. So with Russell, it just depends on what kind of game you're getting from him. If he is on, then D'Angelo and Dinwiddie are going to be a little bit of a problem. Throw Joe Harris in there, and he's shooting close to 50% on his threes. And in his last eight games, Karis LeVert is averaging 16 points a game. So they have a lot of wings that can score. That has that has me a little concerned, just a little bit. I mean, it's great. It's great practice if they take Brooklyn out in five or six. I got the Sixers in six. And then moving on to Toronto when they have to play Kawhi and Kyle Lowry and Danny Green and all those boys up there. So it'll be de- it'll be decent practice. So let me ask you a question. With sure. everything you just said about Brooklyn's backcourt and their wings, their ability to score on the perimeter, how important is Joel Embiid's health to this series? Do you think? I think Jonah Bolden's been playing a lot better. So I think you should – hopefully you get more Jonah than you get Boban in the series because I just don't think that Boban is athletic enough to cover some of those guards when they start pick and rolling and switching on everything. Mm-hmm. So you saw that kind of against Boston the last time they played. The Celtics did everything they could to get – the smaller, more agile matchup on Boban when he was on the floor. So you might see a little bit more Bolden in this first series and possibly against Toronto too, depending on, on how many minutes they play Marcus Gasol. Last game the Sixers played against Brooklyn was a was a win. Dinwiddie and Russell combined for 26 points, 13 points each. I thought they probably played them defensively the best that they have played the young 
young athletic guards that they've struggled with so much. My question is, how much more of that do you think we could see in this series? Are we going to see that in this series? I thought they defended the pick and roll as probably as best as they have all season long and really deed those guys up. Could we see that with the, with this roster going into this series? Could we see them deeding up the, and neutralizing this guard, these guards? Um, neutralizing, I see, I differentiate between neutralizing and slowing down. I think slowing down would be good enough. Um, you have somebody in Ben Simmons who let, let's be real. If Ben Simmons isn't at least second team, all NBA defense, I'm going up. I'm touring every, every city that has a journalist in NBA voting for awards, and I'm just straight smacking them in the face yo, because they clearly go. have no idea what the hell is going right, on. They mate, don't know what they're watching. Yo, Jonesy and I are going to roll with you. We're probably going to put the whole thing on Facebook Live and because we, we, we need to see this. You need gas money, and you also need somebody to drive the car because you're probably going to have to calm down as we drive from place to place. But, no, I'm going to have I'm going to have Scott O'Neill charter me a jet. That's nice. what's happening. <laughs> I bet he would do it, too. It's like no, well, like, like, cool we're, like that. we're we're doing this we're doing this efficiently. You know okay. what I mean? Um, well, if we're if you're going on a team jet, then I'm rolling with you. We're definitely rolling with you, and I'm we're down. bringing bags to take food with us. And I wrote about I wrote about this on Liberty Ballers the the quote unquote playoff Jimmy effect. <laughs> we haven't really seen playoff Jimmy in a Sixers uniform, but you've seen it with Chicago. You've seen it with Minnesota. He's Come playoff time, he tends to lock it down a hell of a lot better for whatever reason, be it rest or the simple fact that it's not back-to-backs so often or, you know, five games and six nights, that kind of thing. So when Jimmy, and not only that, but you're locking down on one specific team for however long the series goes. So you already know what you want to do against a defender night in and night out. There's really no change to anything. So I think that's going to hell. Embiid, they would have to amputate his leg for him to not play, and and even then he might try to he might try to play off some uh, Captain Ahab thing going on. Like you'll see Embiid out there with a peg leg. Like that's how badly he wants to play in game one. I've now I've said it now. I've said it throughout this show. I don't think there's any way. Joel Embiid is not out there on the floor for Game One. Do you agree? And one, you were at the press, you were at Elton Brand's press conference uh, the other night, right? I was. Okay. Did you get to say? I I thought he's pretty much without guaranteeing, without saying, you know what, he'll be out there and he'll be fine. I thought he pretty much said he made it pretty plain. Joel's playing. I was also there when Brett was talking about like it almost seems like he's still kind of in the dark. Like there's no, like, I'm not saying there's no communication, but there's faulty communication. Like somewhere there's a message that's not being communicated between the front office and the head coach. I don't know where it is, but this is something that we've seen for years now with regards to MB's health. It's always, you know, kind of cloak and dagger. Like nobody's really a hundred percent sure what's going on. Now, do you, I was which is actually, again, which is again why Brett Brown, which is it's got the the fire Brett Brown stands get me like so hype. I don't even want to get into it. But um, you, well, no, well, well, look, I'm just got, gonna I'm just gonna flat out say it on your podcast for the first time. You people are stupid. 
just stop. Stop it. You get no argument from me on that one. I am 100% on board with you. But based on what you just said, I was actually going to ask a very related question. Do you think the Sixers are intentionally being vague about Embiid's health, or do you think there is just some uncertainty and they just don't know? There could be some gamesmanship. There's something to that theory because, you know, Bill Belichick does this in New England all the time. So mm-hmm. there's that. So that's – it's something that could be – it wouldn't surprise me if it was. But, I, I mean, everybody in the league knows how good Joel Embiid is. So they all game plan for him anyway. I agree. I, 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 well, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. I, I understand the whole – I understand the the reference and the comparison to Bill Belichick, but Brett Brown ain't Bill Belichick. He's and, not. And, and it's like that whole part – that whole aspect of it, you're doing too much. Just get the X's and O's down. Get your team ready. And there, there's no need to try and psych out, trying to outthink somebody. We don't need to do any of that. Just get the man ready. If if they can prepare for him, so be it. I think Joe LMB is such a good player. He's such a dominant player. It does, if he's at full strength, it does not matter. You know, it's not like the Nets have anyone to stop him anyway. Now, I want to throw this out there. I was scrolling through social media today, and I, oh, saw, man. I saw a clip of Chris Carter from First Things First on – FS1. And I'm scared to see where you're going with this. What Chris Carter So am I. What what Chris Carter said was in his opinion if Joel Embiid for some reason misses time in the first round, mm-hmm. the Sixers are primed to be the upset team of the first round. Would we give any credence to that? No. Uh, because let me just let me just point out this: uh, Brooklyn is league average in literally every category that counts. They're 15th in points per game. They're 18th in opponents' points per game. They're 11th in pace, which is something, but they're 19th in O rating and 14th in D rating. They have a 42 and 40 record. They are the epitome of league average. Like, that is exactly what this team is. There's no way the Sixers are losing to a team that is league average in basically every serious category. I felt the same way, but I thought I'd at least throw the question out there, (laughs) see if there was any chance I was wrong in what I was thinking. See that's the problem with you two guys, man. That's that's that's, that's that, something that's something you say clearly for ratings. That's that's, a, that's the yeah, only that's, reason you that's would say the, that. That's that's the problem with you two guys. Both of you and your clear thinking and your dependence on facts and <laughs> your wanting to deal with reality. It's so annoying. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. That's not what social media is for. No, what it's for is for overreactions. It's for calling for the coach's job with every time they play. It's called calling Ben Simmons, saying Ben Simmons sucks every time he doesn't shoot a jumper, even if he has 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. Um, It's, uh, what else is it? He's Um, never going to be able to live down that one-point game he had against Boston. He's never living that down. Never. Which is a a damn shame. uh, Look, look, we, we we have... Jonesy and I have debated the we, – we, 
we don't even debate each other. We actually, because we're, we're on the same page with this. Mm-hmm. But we have talked at length of Ben Simmons' criticism. I sat here and just fed Jonesy all the Facebook group rhetoric that uh, of like a season and just let him go off. I just, you know, I was just giving him the pass and he was just hitting jumpers. It was just like, it, it, it was it was a dribble <laughs> handoff all day and he was just hitting them jumpers like J.J. You know. It, that, that deadly Joel Embiid, J.J. Reddick dribble handoff. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what it was. That You know, he, he's the two guard. I'm the setter and that's all I was doing. I, I bring the ball. I, I'm at, I get the ball at the top of the key. I hand off the, I handed the rock to him and he just hits that three. But, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I just, I agree with you. You know, it's like, yes, this team loses something when they lose a part of that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. But let's be clear. You know, if if there was a way for the Brooklyn Nets to beat the Sixers, even without Joel Embiid, you know, that just speaks to a bigger problem. And that problem might not be there. I just, you know, even without Joel Embiid, I don't see the Brooklyn Nets beating the 76ers four times. There's the only way the Nets beat the Sixers is if D'Angelo Russell averages 45 a game in the series. That is literally the only way that happens. He has to, yes, if D'Angelo Russell scores 45 and Dimwitty scores 25 and Joe Harris scores 20. And somehow on his way to the hospital, JoJo takes Ben and Jimmy with him. That would be how the Nets beat the Sixers. Look, I I think it'll I think it'll play out like this. If Brooklyn steals a game in Philly, the series goes six. If not, it goes five. We talk, uh we talked about this last segment, and this is my this is my prediction. I believe that Brooklyn will win game two. Brooklyn will win game two, and this city will lose their mind. They'll want to fire Brett Brown. They'll want to trade Ben Simmons. I believe Je- I, I believe Joel Embiid plays the whole series, but I believe Brooklyn will win t- uh, game two, and this city will lose their mind. Every and and that the, the fire Brett Brown brigade will be full tilt. They'll be marching down Broad Street with 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 torches and pitchforks, and then. The Sixers get right and win the win the rest of the series. I have Sixers and, and five, and I will be and and if that happens and everybody starts marching down to the Camden Complex, I'll be standing in front like like Thanos with the Infinity Stones, <laughs> just ready to snap everybody out of the way. Oh my goodness! I mean, it's it's ridiculous how extreme those swings and reactions go to me like one day we're winning the championship next day fire brett brown trade ben simmons we stink but and this is the last thing i'll say about brett brown i've been saying it all season how many games did the sixers win this season oh that'd be 51 mm-hmm. okay 51. Brett Brown won 51 games with his team, and he's had to restructure what he's done on the fly four times this season. He had to do it once because Lloyd Pierce went to Atlanta. He had to retool things again after the Jimmy Butler trade. He had to retool things again after after the Tobias Harris trade, and he had to retool it again after Billy Lang took the St. Joseph's job. He has had four different marginal changes to either his coaching staff 
or his roster this year, and he still won 51 games and is third in the East. Y'all need to settle down. Adil Royce is and, out here preaching now. And I, you hear that? Pass I, the collection plate. I would also like to remind hand. the people that while Joel Embiid is definitely the linchpin to what the Sixers do right now, he anchors the defense, and he's a dominant force on offense and the boards as well. Ben Simmons, arguably the most gifted basketball player on that team, mm-hmm. is 22 years old. Right. <laughs> At 22 years old, I don't you, you can't people say fire Brett Brown cuz Ben a 22-year-old turned the ball over. He's a 22-year-old point guard. You're going to have a, a bad point a bad turnover or two from time to time. A 22-year-old point guard that wasn't playing point guard up until last year. True. At LSU, he was a power forward. Yeah, a 22-year-old second-year point guard. Correct. It's like everybody needs to relax. A, a, a seven, now, now, you've made a deal's made a point. You've made a point. Let me finish. Make let, let me make a point because we're all on the same page here. 22-year-old point guard who's really still learning the point guard position mm-hmm. and has just finished his second full year in the NBA gives you 18, eight, and nine. I will take that from a point guard. And back-to-back 51 seasons. Back-to-back 51 seasons. Mm-hmm. And Magic guard. and Magic wants to come in and tutor the kid. Magic Fine. <laughs> go ahead. Feel <laughs> free, Magic. You go right ahead. Magic Johnson quit his job so he could so do this. I, I, t- I had a tweet about that this week. I saw, mm-hmm. I saw Magic's statement about wanting to be the statesman mm-hmm. rather than like feeling yeah. handcuffed. Yeah. And my tweet was translated, I'd rather be working with a young Ben Simmons than trying to find guys to play with an old LBJ. I'll take right. That. Exactly. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. That would finally be what makes me finally accept and love Magic Johnson. You know, Magic, Magic Johnson ben, tutors ben, ben Simmons. Simmons. Ben Simmons was in Magic's speech when he basically told the Lakers, yo, I quit this bitch. I'm done. <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's like Magic. Come on over to Philly. Come on over. You know what I mean. Put your winter coat on. Leave a leave that L.A. sunshine. Come over here to a cold Philly winter. Teach Ben Simmons and help us bring this championship home. Magic. He doesn't even. He doesn't even have to come for the winter. He doesn't. You come during the summer months. Yeah, you can nice you can jet summer. out in October. That's fine. It's nice in the summer here. Magic. Come on out. Come on out here. Put yourself. <laughs> give, give him. A, you know. Look, Camden in the summer is not that bad. Definitely not as bad as it used to be, like yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah, you know, look, you just, you know, you gotta stay away from some places. But it's like Camden's not that bad in the summertime, man. Camden's Camden's nice. Shout out Camden. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, look, I said I I have sixes and five. Anthony and Mike both said sixes and six. Adil, what say you? Give me sixes and five. I think they take both games in Philly, and I think Brooklyn takes Game Three. Yeah, I went Sixers and six simply because I think Brooklyn, I'll give them credit with their backcourt enough that I think Dinwiddie and Russell can put one good game together. And then conversely, I think the Sixers are also having one game where they just show some inconsistencies. Mm -hmm. So I'll give Brooklyn two games in the series, but I still think the Sixers win it. I don't want to say easily, but as easy as six games can be. All right. Yeah. 
I would I would say the average margin of victory for the series is probably going to be something around eight or nine. I believe that. I take that. Not not wrong. Let's move to the west. All right. Let's move over to the west because one we got to it because we can talk we can talk sixes all show. All right, we got golden got golden state. Golden State. So many tasty matchups. <laughs> I hear you over there salivating mm-hmm. for this Western Conference talk. Let's start at the top. Golden State and uh, Los Angeles. I believe that, you know, it's it was a good story. The Clippers are, are, are they're a nice story. Yes, they're the best basketball team in Los Angeles. Yes, the Clippers are in the playoffs. The Lakers are not. Yes, Doc Rivers is a good coach. Luke Walton is not. Yes, the Clippers front office has people in there that can build a team. The Lakers do not. It's a great story. All comes to an end this week because they're going to get swept. Golden State and Golden State and two. <laughs> in fact, I say they play one game and just say, "Hey, you know what, man? Screw this." All right, you know. Let's... Golden State is going to win by so many points in games one and two that it's literally going to cover their margin of victory for games of three and four. I yeah, I I don't believe this is going to. I don't I don't believe it's going to be close. I think it's going to be four L's. Four blowout L's, and then goodbye. Then we can close. The, uh, we can close the Staples Center for basketball until next next year. But, now, but I don't want to be too disrespectful to the Clippers yeah. st- 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 mm. strictly because their players and coach didn't give up on this year when no. the front office became sellers before the trade deadline. Agreed. They went out there, they played hard, they didn't fall apart. So kudos to them for that. It's been a fun season. Enjoy your vacation. But I will say that I honestly I cannot wait until the Clippers get their own arena because uh, this was I read about this back in January. There was a legal obstacle for that proposed Clippers arena in Inglewood that seems to be clear. So that that's going to be happening sooner rather than later. So I'm just saying. Kevin Durant, I'm just saying, look, man. He'll have his own building to hang around. You'll have in. you'll have your own fresh building, newly built. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be empty. You need help fill it with stuff. No Lakers banners in the roofs to keep the fans distracted. You actually get to build your own legacy somewhere. And and, and not only that, but like uh, I think it was Bomani Jones that said this. Sometimes you just get sometimes you just get tired. You don't you don't be playing with these dudes like that much anymore. Like he's been playing with Draymond for four years. Like that that gets tiresome. I'm, I'm sure it does, but no, the cure to all that is all them championships that he's winning. Now, look, you would think he's not, you're look, he's not going to the Clippers. There's no way he, he goes to the Clippers. Sure, not going to the Knicks. Well, would well, you go to the Knicks? No, he, no. <laughs> but, well, here's the thing: only way he would go to the Clippers is if the Clippers beat them in the playoffs, because he only goes to teams that beat him. Wow. Wow! I'm sorry. I had to, I, I, I had that to, was I, low. I had to set that shade up real quick. I, Holy sorry. lord! <laughs> he could he could very well go to the uh, go to the Clippers, and it, and and it makes sense if they get their own arena and the way the Clippers are, you know, the clip Clippers are trending upward. I think mm-hmm. I think their story ends this year. I you know it, it's a nice story. I think they're and, building for the long run. Don't see you know 
They do still have Jerry West out there. Yes, exactly. that is why I'm saying Durant to the Clippers. Yes, Jerry I, West. I tr- I trust Jerry West to build a team mm-hmm. more than I ever trusted Magic Johnson. More than you know, I trust many front office people. Yeah. That was a, that was a good bringing. I think Jerry. I think the combination of Jerry West and Doc Rivers, who wasn't bad as a you know. Uh, he's a good coach as a GM and coach. I I don't know if Not it's too hard many for me to say he do. was a bad GM, mm-hmm. but I think the combination of the two was yeah. too much for him. Okay, okay. When he traded, when he traded for his son, that's when I was just like, okay, all right, yeah, mm-hmm. Doc, we need to we need to strip you of this title. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, like Unders- you're done. That's understood. it. Understood. All right, moving on real quick. Golden State, uh, Golden State. When they win, they will play the winner of Houston and Utah. I have uh I have Houston in five. Mike has Houston in six. Anthony Gilbert says Utah in seven. What say you, Adil Royster? I'm going with Anthony. Utah in seven. What? There we go. Okay. I just do not think and I don't want to make it seem like I'm make I'm making Houston out to be world beaters because they're not. You know, I, I think they're good. Unfortunately, they kind of faltered down down the line. There's flaws in the team. I don't believe my partner is very impressed with Houston, but I just don't think that Utah is as good as Houston. Here's okay. Here's why I like Utah. Utah's deep. They can run. They can run mm-hmm. eight nine guys out on the floor when Houston. Yeah, they got James Harden, but you saw it last year. James Harden's tired. He's been doing all. He's been literally doing everything this season because due to the injuries to Chris Paul and everything else, James Harden. James Harden's tired, man. Like he can't do this lone gunslinger act anymore. And mm-hmm. Chris Paul is not exactly the dude that should be helping him. And and I think that was the one thing I the one caveat I gave to my pick of Houston in six was their health. Chris Paul's hamstrings, whether or not James Harden is going to be able to hold up having had to carry the load the whole year. I think a healthy, a 100% Houston team beats Utah. The question is, Are the, is Houston going to be 100 To me, is that if Houston is going to be 100% going into this playoffs. What would what would we say their percentage of health is? I would probably put it no higher than like eighty five, maybe. Right, that's probably fair. Which, yeah, that puts them in trouble. And they have like they don't have all world defenders. Like nobody's going to stop James Harden from scoring thirty five a game in the series. But can Ricky Rubio, who's a decent defender, can Donovan Mitchell, who has length, can they slow him down a little bit? Sure. That may actually be all you have to do to beat that team because in a D'Antoni system, there's so much pressure on that lead guard to perform. The second he doesn't, it could all fall apart very quickly. I'm just not... uh, I, I, I like you. I like Utah. I, I really do. I just don't think they're. I don't. They played them in the playoffs last year. I don't think they're afraid of Houston. Okay. I think they actually wanted Houston. They're. I think they're very happy that they got the Rockets in round one. 
And if I'm a Rockets fan, I'm scared to death of the Utah Jazz. I don't know. I I, I get I I get the no fear thing. I can see why you why a team like Utah could would be confident against Houston. I just don't I just don't think they have enough yet to beat a Houston team. I think Houston is I think they're vet, I think they're veterans or savvy enough. I think they will find a way to pull it out. I I I see Houston in 5. Now, we move across the bracket now. Talking pro bracketology because my college bracket was so ter- was so terrible, but that we're, we're everybody's was because everybody t- everybody else had Virginia going out in the first round like I did. You you had Virginia losing in the, in the first round two years. No, two? I didn't. Oh, I, I had. Him, I, <laughs> I was. I, I mean, was worried. I can, I, I can actually whip out my bracket. I still have it somewhere. But I, continue. I, keep I'm going. A, I, I throw I threw mine away because it was that bad. But all right, we got Portland and OKC. And our good friend Anthony Gilbert said Portland in seven. Mike and I agree. OKC in six. What do you got? So, so let, let me get this. So I was, again, because I'm a degenerate gambler and I, I look at these things. Mm-hmm. Um, Portland's the three seed, right? Yes. Oklahoma City is the six seed? Yes. So when I see... Portland is the underdog at plus 130. Yeah, it makes me seem like they're going to come out with something to prove. So, Portland in seven. Portland in seven. Who is the the difference maker in this series? Is it Dame? Uh, Is it the obvious? Is it Dame Lillard? It's not not so obvious when when I point it out, or maybe it is. But, um... Are we one hundred percent confident in playoff Paul George? No, I mean I am playoff I, playoff P, as he so eloquently put it, hasn't really. He's had some bumps in a row. He, he hasn't the, really delivered he, yet. There was a decent run in Indiana, mm-hmm. not great, but decent. Then. This OKC stretch last year that wasn't much of anything. So if playoff P hasn't really arrived yet, where does all of the scoring fall on Russell Westbrook, oh, a boy. player with a true shooting percentage of under fifty percent? So in in case you, in case the listeners don't know, true shooting percentage is a measure of field goals, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage. Yeah, Russ is shooting under 50%. Yeah, Portland and seven. <laughs> I hear you. And, we'll, and we will definitely have you back so we can point out the fact that we were right and you were wrong. And well, that's fine. <laughs> uh, with that pick, um, how do you think injuries to Nurkic will affect – what happens in Port with Portland? I would be a little bit. I would be a little bit more worried if you know the Thunder ran any kind of offense through Stephen Adams, which they really don't. So, can Ennis Cantor hold him off well enough so that he's not so ridiculously good on the boards? Probably because Ennis Cantor, in his own right, is really good on the offensive glass. Cantor is a good rebounder. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be a decent 
post match up. That's going to be like old school, like Ewing. That's like old school Ewing and Elijah Wan. That's what's going on down there. Definitely, definitely. And I've talked about it earlier. And Stephen Adams is just so strong. I mean, that's just a strong dude who has his – when he gets down on the blocks, he has his way with people, and people struggle to, with having their way against him. You're not pushing him around. I I watched two games this year where Embiid tr- – well, not two games. Excuse me. It was one game because he missed one game. But Embiid struggles against him because he can't outmuscle him. He can't push him around. And you you see that with with players that you consider – you know, premier post players. Once they play Adams, you're you know he when he gets down on the blocks, you ain't moving him. You know, it's just he's he's a load. He is a load. Now I don't know. Now I I know what country strong is. I know what that is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what New Zealand strong is, but Stephen Adams is it. It's like mm-hmm. Tasmanian devil strong. I I, I don't know. What's, what's... Like if I like if I see if I if I like see a younger cousin of Stephen Adams, I'm just gonna assume that he can bench press 500 pounds. That's a fair I, assumption. Yeah, yeah, I I would think that too, and I wouldn't mess with that little dude. Six year old, six year old relative of Stephen Adams. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not messing with that kid. You got it, you got it. It's all you, man. You good? You good? Yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm gonna go. I don't even want to go this way. I'm, I'm gonna go the other way, there, shorty. I'm, I'm leaving you alone. All right, real it's quick. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna cross the street. You yeah, got that? That's I didn't cool. even. That's I didn't even. Right. I didn't want to walk over here. <laughs> I, I have no interest. All right, like, I'm walking in the middle of traffic. Let's go. All right, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. The cars can move. I I do really think that's going to be a slept-on matchup in the post in that season. The battle between Cantor and Adams down in the block. That will be something for people who get often get caught ball-watching to pay attention to the stuff, especially away from the ball before one of them gets the catch, how they're battling with each other for position, boxing out on the boards, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is going to be fun to watch between those two guys in there. Definitely. It's going to be throwback Robert Parrish and Kareem, <laughs> like in the 80s. It's going to mm-hmm. be fantastic. Yes, yes, I'll buy that. I'm I'm, I'm here for that. All right, last, uh, Larry's last series, we got number two Denver against San Antonio. Uh, Mike and I have uh, Denver in six. Anthony Gilbert, our good friend, had Denver in five. What say you? Uh, so my pick to win the Western Conference will win this in five games. Hmm. And wow. yes, that's the Denver Nuggets, not St. Antonio. Oh, they're like, wow, you got De- DeMar DeRozan in the, uh, in, in the NBA Finals, huh? No, 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 no. Denver's coming out of the West. Denver's coming out of the West. You, oh, all right, Adil, you just bought yourself a, a return trip. To uh, the offense, defense, and discourse show because we we will be talking about this down the line. But All you have, right, yeah, you, uh, you said Denver in six or Denver in five? I can't. Remember. Denver in five. I'm, Denver. I'm riding hard for Denver in this playoffs. Oh, I like I five. like Denver a lot. All right, so so because this is radio, because this is podcast, because this is audio, you do not see my partner Mike Jones's face right now. I see. <laughs> The wheels turn. his jaw off the floor. I, I, he's he's right. This is what we call a stretch, because I can see him struggling to come up with what he wants to say. I know he wants to come in here and say something. 
I'm not quite sure he knows what he wants to say, but I'm trying. I am trying to stretch to give him the opportunity because I feel like he is about to go in. And right, once he, right. do- oh, oh, he's there now. Okay, I'm, I'm done. Right. Here, here it is. I'm stepping aside. So, you, you just said you have Denver coming out of the West. I heard. Yes, that I do. Like winning the Western Conference Finals. Here we go. I, What's up? I, so my question, simple question: How exactly do you picture them overcoming the juggernaut that is the Warriors? Okay, a lot of people seem to think that the obvious choice to unseed the Warriors are the Rockets, correct? That's because right. of their like scoring punch. That's what a lot of people think. I don't necessarily think that, but that is the I, co- the common opinion i would argue that the achilles heel for golden state if if they have one joel mb plays very well against the golden state warriors he's a big man who can dominate and he can pass a little bit mm-hmm. right golden state struggles against big men like that which is probably why they got demarcus cousins denver has nikola Jokic. Who Very is probably probably the I'll come out and say it, he's probably the second best big man in the NBA right now behind Joel and B. It's one and one A, and then Steven Adams, I would say, is like two or three. Um all, all you Andre Drummond people just go <laughs> off to the side. I don't deal with you people right now. Sit your ass down. Um, but uh, yeah, you take you and you take the Lamarcus Aldridge people and you just get the hell out of here. Anthony Davis is a power forward. He's not a center. Um, but I think that Golden State is going to have problems with that matchup because I don't think they have anybody that can defend Jokic. Sure, you can put Cousins on him, but coming off an Achilles injury, is Cousins going to be athletic enough to stay with Jokic? You could put Durant on him, but he's not big enough to bang with Jokic down there. So that opens up Jamal Murray on the perimeter. That opens up Gary Harris on the perimeter. That opens up Will Barton on the perimeter. I like what, I like the matchups that Denver can pose to Golden State if they're running their offense through Jokic, which they always have been. Now, that now that is actually a logical sound argument mm-hmm. if I'm looking at one game. Over the course of seven games, especially for a team with limited playoff experience like Denver has, do you you see them being able to maintain the composure necessary without running out of gas, falling apart, things of that nature to win four out of seven? I think it depends on the early rounds for Golden State. Like if Golden State if Golden State is messing around and let's say they need 5 to take out the Clippers and then they need 6 or 7 to dispatch with Houston in the second round. Mm-hmm. So 1 8 4 5 yeah. yeah so if they need if they need 5 if they need 6 or 7 games against Houston I don't know if they're going to have I don't even I don't know if they're going to have the gas to take out Denver in a 7 game series. Now what happens if they get Utah instead of Houston? If they get Utah instead of Houston that 
makes things a little bit different because Utah and Denver are both top 10 in terms of uh, opponents points per game and derating. What hurts Denver is the fact that they're 27th in pace. Mm -hmm. So if Golden State is relatively fresh, they're just going to run them out of the gym based on the simple fact that, yeah, Denver's not going to be able to keep up. But let's say Houston takes Golden State to seven games. I could see Denver taking out Golden State in seven. Okay. See, once again, that's... That's how you do it. When you go, when somebody invites you on a show and you are trying to get invited back, that's the type of thing, that's the type of nugget you drop that will get you invited back. And that's why in a couple of weeks, Adio Royster will be back because we're either going to say, Adio, you was a freaking genius, or we're going to be like, man, you was dead wrong and you don't know what you're talking about. I, I go I go where my head and heart tell me in terms of like crunching numbers and looking at matchups and things like that. And the fact that Golden State has the Utah Houston matchup in their bracket, mm-hmm. that's going to be a real rough second round series for them, no matter who it is. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. All right, well, look, all right. That's and that's if Houston manages to take out Golden State in the second round, then yeah, it's it's all it's all Denver all the time. All right. Well, look, that's that is the bracket. Now, uh, Adil, how are you watching playoffs on Saturday? Where will you be? How so, do you, how do you how do you take in all these games? On Saturday, I will actually be covering the game for Liberty Baller, so I'll be at the arena starting around noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, game two is Monday. I'll probably be watching that in the comfort of my own home. I believe uh, one of our other writers, Sean Kennedy, he's covering that game on Monday. I will be in Brooklyn for game four on Saturday the 20th. And uh, game three, likely on, on TV with everybody else. It's it's ESPN and TNT like the whole way, so that's going to be All awesome. Right. All right. Well, with you covering the games, we will definitely be looking forward to hearing your takes of, you know, a nice firsthand perspective. We're getting close to short on time. But before we let you go, we definitely want to give you a chance to let the people know how they can find you, how they can keep up with your work. Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter. That would be the first thing. Uh, it's my Twitter handle is at a D O B Royster, a D's and dog I O B's and boy Royster, uh, follow Liberty ballers, lots of great content, lots of number crunching, lots of stories and opinions. So follow Liberty ballers and yeah, check out libertyballers.com. That's where a lot of the best Sixers writing, that's where you're going to find it. The best Sixers writing. I know a lot of people. A lot of people like to lay claim to the, the best Sixers coverage in in Philadelphia, but Liberty Ballers is right there. There's a reason why Liberty Ballers is a top three traffic site on SB Nation. There's a reason for that. Exactly. It's because we have good content and we have a loyal fan base. Yes. And if I can just take the opportunity, any Liberty Ballers readers that are listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us all season, following everybody. Just keep following Philly Unite. Let's do this thing this year. All right. All right. All right. Thanks again, Adil Royster from Liberty Ballers. It was a pleasure having you. I'm looking at the clock. It's time to go, man. 
It's time for us to get out of here. It's time to go, man. It's, it's weekend. It's, look, it's, we got playoff basketball to watch. I got playoffs to watch. I got to get myself ready for the games this yes. weekend. I got a fridge that's low on beer, and I'm not sure how much popcorn I got upstairs. So I got to hit the store. I might need to go buy some wings. Yeah. No, you ain't got to buy some, some wings. I might, I might cook some. I might grill some. Oh, we're good then. Are we good? We're good. All right, let's go then. All right, we're out. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.